Hi everyone and welcome to the Active Dog podcast. I'm Emily from online Active Dog retail store Canine Trail Time and you're listening to episode two of the Active Dog podcast which is a brief rundown on how to get started canny crossing. So what I'm going to talk to you about in this episode is just the different ways that you might be able to start canny crossing with your dog. And the first and easiest way to start canny crossing is just to get out there on your own and start canny crossing with your dog, just you and your dog. And you might be thinking, well, I don't really want to do that because I don't really know what I'm doing or I don't feel confident or I'm not really sure if I'm doing the right thing. And that's fine. There are lots of resources now that are out there um, that you can help you with getting started on your canny cross journey if you want to start in a way that you are on your own with just you and your dog. I mentioned in episode one, the Couch to 5K app, and that is a fantastic way to get going with you and your dog, following a little program where you just walk a certain amount of time and run a certain amount of time. And it will build you both up so that you are starting from a sort of a ground zero in terms of canny crossing, and it will help build your fitness. If, however, you're already in a, a, a sort of a fitness program so you're already relatively fit you might feel that the the couch to 5k is a bit too basic for you or you might feel that uh, although you're happy to to try the fitness element of the couch to 5k you're completely lost with the actual training involved in canny cross then you might want to start thinking about the things that you can do to train with your dog before you actually start that that fitness program. So what I would recommend is that you talk to some people who are already canny crossing and discover a little bit more about how they are training their dogs to use, um, for you to use voice cues to get them to understand what you want them to do. Because the key to canny crossing safely with your dog is to put in the training with the voice cues. And that is your foundation. That is your ground. Your ground zero for canny cross is your uh, cues. And what I mean by that is you don't just strap your, your dog to you and expect them to understand that you want them to, to pull out in front of you and to pull you along. You do actually want to be training that. So if you do get all your equipment and hook your dog up to you and they do automatically run out in front of you and pull you, great you're on to a winner, but you still need to do some training because your dog does need to be able to turn right and left on cue. So if you're coming up to a junction, you can, with your voice only, direct your dog in the direction that you want to go. You also want to have some safety cues. So a weight, a steady, uh, we train a lot of back behind, uh, which is, uh, it, it's a, a general cue, but actually, you know, you can use it in your, your dog walking and in your dog life in general. We use it mainly for going down hills so that when you don't want your dog to be out in front of you pulling, they do understand that they come in behind you. And I know people that use various different cues for this, 
behind um, and back are the ones that I use, but people use close, people use heel, uh, people use with me. So there are loads of different voice cues that you can train. So that is going to be your, your foundation for getting started. And I would advise you to do some research on how you want to train those voice cues and how um, you want to go about getting started with that. Because if you've got a young dog, you can actually just start this out on walks. And even if you've got an older dog, it might be the case that you want to train those voice cues before you even start considering adding in the fitness element. So you need to think about voice cues. You need to think about equipment. And if you're on your own, that can be a little bit trickier because if you haven't got any points of reference, you haven't tried on any kit, you don't know what it looks like, you don't know what it feels like, then it is a little bit harder to decide what is going to work for you and your dog. I can obviously advise on that through canine trail time. It's what I do. I help get people started and I advise people on a daily basis who are thinking of canny crossing and are a little bit overwhelmed by all the equipment. So you can contact me, canine trail time to, to help with that. Or you can have a look online and again, do some more research about what other people are using. However, just bear in mind that every dog is an individual and every person is an individual. And so even within the same breed, the same harness might not work for your dog when it works for another dog of your dog's breed. This is why it's a little bit of a minefield and we will cover harness, harness fitting, um, line selection, belts, all in different episodes as we go through but for this episode we're we're just touching on it in that you will need to select some proper equipment if you're going to go out on your own and start canny crossing so you've thought about your voice cues you've thought about your equipment have a little think about where you want to go as well Um, make sure that it's somewhere that you're comfortable uh, being on your own with your dog and that people know where you're going i know it sounds a little bit silly but we do have to be safety conscious and um, people knowing where you are when you're out running is a good idea so that if anything were to go wrong they know that you were due back at a certain time and you're not um, and people can sort of put the alarm out have to say in my experience um, you know awful things happening while you're canny crossing a few and far between but it's always better to be safe so that's if you want to get started on your own if you want to start with a group of people and i would recommend once you've started to get the inkling that you want to do this um, on a longer term basis i would definitely definitely recommend getting along to a social group so a group of people who have set up a canny cross club it may or may not be an informal club so uh, some of them have memberships where you pay you get covered on insurance some of them are literally just facebook groups and um, they're keen people who get together and go for runs that are organized by somebody in the group social groups are a fantastic way to get started because your dog will see what the other dogs are doing and hopefully get an idea of what you are expecting them to do. So it's not just you training your voice cues blind and them having to understand at every point what you're asking them to do because they will hopefully, and I say hopefully because not everybody has trained their dog um, to to follow voice cues um, and to run out in front, but the idea is is that you're, you're in a group situation and other dogs are doing 
that kind of thing and your dog will pick up on what they're doing a lot quicker if you've got that group element to it it's almost like that pack mentality if they see somebody else doing it or another another dog doing something then they'll go oh okay is that what we're doing today and they will follow suit not all dogs will learn like that but i know a lot of dogs who have picked up the actual um the actual sort of process of canny crossing much quicker when you're in a group situation because the dogs just seem to pick up off each other they feed off each other's excitement and they they then understand what you're asking them to do if you can reinforce that then with your voice cues so that you can take that away and practice it on your own then that is perfect the other advantage of going to a social group um, to, to start county crossing is that they will often have a kit bag. So something that you can select kit from that may or may not be suitable for your dog, but at least you've got the opportunity to see some different types of kit and to try some different types of kit on. And it really is an advantage to have seen some of the equipment that is out there and to have tried it on your dog, even if it's, you know, not quite the perfect size, just to get an idea of how your dog's going to move in that harness is a great thing to start you off so that when you come to buy your equipment, you've got a lot better an idea of what's going to suit you and your dog. So social runs are really good way of getting started canny crossing and I highly recommend them what you do need to be aware of is if they're not a formal group then they may not have insurance and if you're running in a group situation um, third party liability if you have got that then perfect if you haven't I would suggest looking into it just because if there's a group of people running with dogs and something happens then um, you know where there's where there's blame there's a claim and you just want to make sure that you're covered so if you you may be covered on your home insurance you may be covered on your pet insurance but just check if you're going to go to a group um a group run where they haven't got their own insurance that you are covered in some other way now, the other way that you can get started canny crossing is to find somebody who's trained as a canny cross instructor. And there's lots of people out there now who are calling themselves canny cross instructors. And the range of experience of those instructors is um, vast. So you've got some people who have only just started canny crossing, but who knew that they wanted to teach people. And you've got people who have been canny crossing for years who are teaching people. So what I would advise you to do if you're thinking of, of going to somebody to get some instruction is to find out what their experience is first, because if you're going to a canny cross instructor with the idea that you want to get up and and go into races with your dog and that instructor has never raced before then they might not be the best person to go to to get your training from because they're not going to know what it's like in that race environment they're not going to know what to expect and they're not going to be able to advise you they might be able to help you train and get a bit fitter and give you some coaching in terms of you know running canny cross with your dog but they're not going to be able to advise you on what you actually want to do your end goal so have a look at their credentials ask them by all means and and just check that they're going to be a good fit for you and your dog if you've got a dog that you think might be um, reactive to other dogs, then check that they have, have dealt with dogs that are reactive in a group setting before you go and join them for a group session. Or if they're offering one-to-ones, make sure that you know they're aware of any 
intricacies about you and your dog that that might be useful for them to know I don't know that there, there could be something that you you don't want to cover in your session just make sure that you have a chat through with them and make sure that you're happy that they are a good fit for teaching you and your dog it might be that they are um, they are not worried about getting people faster and getting people um, you know to two races and that's absolutely fine but if that's your goal then again they're not going to be the person for you I am actually involved in uh, teaching canny cross coaches myself because of the experience that I've had over the years and we have a, a bank of canny cross coaches now over the country who can be contacted through our Facebook page canny cross coach and I can vouch for all of them and say that they have all had a vast range of experience including racing so if you want to know more about that you can always contact me on that side of things as well but that's not to say that they're the only people out there who are any good at teaching people to canny cross because there are loads of people out there now that the sport is growing who have great uh, a great deal of experience who have set up little side businesses or proper businesses where they're teaching people to canny cross and that that guided learning so that that tuition where you get the experience from somebody who's been there and done it already and probably made loads of mistakes because that's what I always say to anyone who comes to me what I teach people is the stuff that I wish I knew when I started because I made so many mistakes and that's how you learn so if you've got somebody who's going to guide you and help you to avoid those mistakes particularly if some of those mistakes could be you know more dangerous mistakes for you and your dog then that is also a good way to get started canny crossing and I know that people have said you know it should be free and you should just be able to go along to a group and you should just be able to to access that information without having to pay for it but you wouldn't expect a personal trainer to do everything that they do for free to share all their expertise with you for nothing and it's exactly the same with a canny cross coach if that person is willing to do it for nothing then then great you're on to a winner if that person is going to be charging for their time then respect that because they are sharing with you their time their expertise and to be coached is actually something that can be really beneficial especially when you're starting out in something and you're unsure of something to have somebody who is backing you up who is giving you support and allowing you to to not make the mistakes that they did it's always a good thing so don't rule out going to see a canny cross coach as part of starting canny crossing also so you've got three ways there that you can get started canny crossing you can start out on your own selecting your own equipment and um, training your own voice cues by doing your own research just make sure that if you are going out on your own people know where you're going You've got the social runs, which I mentioned, where you do usually get the opportunity to try out equipment and people will be able to give you advice. And you will also find probably that your dog will learn quicker if they're in a group situation. The only thing to watch out for with that, uh, like I mentioned, was the insurance. So just make sure you're covered in a group situation if you choose to go down that social run route of getting started. And then lastly, you've got your canny cross coaches who are people who have 
been experienced canny crossers for a number of years who are then sharing their knowledge and expertise with you to help you get started and it's also a great way to to get equipment advice because those people will generally have been trained to to fit harnesses and to understand to know what works for individual dogs as well so it can be very beneficial to go to somebody like that in the beginning and perhaps do a one-to-one or a taster session and then you will get more knowledge more experience quickly so that you can then get going on your own or in a group situation after that Hopefully that's given you a bit of a, a rundown on how to get started canny crossing, three different ways that you can. We will cover things in more detail in, in later episodes, but this is just a brief description on how you might start. And that's it for this episode. Really hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back soon with another episode on the Active Dog Podcast. Until then, remember, active dogs are happy dogs. <laughs>